The sermon I'm privileged to read this afternoon was prepared by the Reverend John Harverland um, and is titled A Few Questions. And the text is Job 38, 1-3 and Job chapter 41-14. Brothers and sisters, have you ever come across a person who always seems to answer a question with a question? Sometimes we can find that frustrating. All you wanted was a direct answer, a simple and straightforward response. But instead you get something else. You get a, a response that you have to stop and think about. Now, Jesus often answered a question with a question. Uh, for example, the Pharisees asked, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? In reply, Jesus asked them, Why do you, what did Moses command you? A rich young ruler asked, What must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus asked him, Why do you call me good? And later the Pharisees asked, By whose authority do you do these things? And Jesus asked them, Tell me, was John's baptism from God or from men. Now Job also had a lot of questions that arose out of his suffering. Questions he asked of God like, show me my sin. Why do you hide your face? Why are you still pursuing me? And we might think that after all that Job had been through that God might have come to him and said something comforting and reassuring like, Job, I commend you for persevering through all these trials. Or, or maybe God could have given Job a compliment. He could have said, Job, I'm proud of you. Or maybe God could have even have given him a brief explanation of what was going on in the background. A bit of insight into the cause and reasons for all that had happened to Job. But God doesn't say anything like this. Instead, God responds to Job's question, questions with his own questions. And Job had plenty of questions. But now we find that God too has a few of his own. He questions Job about the created world. Where were you when I laid the earth's foundations? Who marked off its dimensions? On what were its footings set? Or who laid its cornerstone? While the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy. And then after questioning Job about the created world and his control over it, God goes on to question Job about his understanding of the animal kingdom. Do you know when the mountain goats give birth? Who let the wild donkey go free? Will the wild ox consent to serve you? Do you give the horse its, his strength? And does the hawk take flight by your wisdom? God's questions are not designed to humiliate Job. They, they are not asked so as to crush him with the contrast between Job's minuteness and God's majesty. They are not asked to mock him 
as he puts his tiny mind next to God's vast intellect. Rather, they are designed to teach Job, to teach him something about God, and through that, something about himself. And they are designed to lead Job to a deeper trust in the Lord, to help him put his faith in God, to enable him to submit to God's providence in his life, to stretch his hope, to reinforce his belief in the Lord his God. And through these questions, Job learns to trust in God even more than he did before. He learns to trust especially in God's knowledge, in God's sovereignty, and in God's justice. And these three areas form the three points for our sermon this afternoon. So first of all, Job came to appreciate that God was all-knowing. Job's knowledge was limited. He did not know the background to his suffering. He did not know why these trials had come to him. He did not know about the discussion that had taken place between God and Satan. And God did not tell him about these matters. In the same way, we don't know why God allows trouble and trial to come into our lives. Our perspective, our perspective is very limited and our knowledge is finite. We only see a very small part of the total picture. And we only see a very small section of the history of the world. It is hard for us to grasp the big picture. And for God to explain the whole scheme of his plans to us would be like you staring through a microscope at a tiny creature on a slide and trying to describe the world to that creature. And that would be beyond comprehension. Such a limited creature could not grasp this vast and marvellous world. And now God has made us in his image and we have been given a high position in his creation, but we are still limited. Even if God had explained the whole situation to Job, it probably wouldn't have helped him all that much. He probably would not have been able to see the significance of it all. It was because Job's perspective was so limited that God said that he was speaking words without knowledge. There had been too much talk between Job and his friends with too little understanding. And instead of clarifying the issues, they had only confused the whole subject and each other. God, however, has all knowledge and can see the entire picture. God sees the whole span of our lives. He knows the end from the beginning. He also knows all that is going on in the entire world, in the life of each individual, each city, each nation. He has a comprehensive overview of the whole world. And even more than that, God sees the entire sweep of all of history. And we can only see one frame at a time. But God sees the whole movie from one end to the other in a flash. And God the Father sees how it all fits together.
And God has revealed some of this to us. And we know much more than Job did. We know how all of history centers on the Lord Jesus. How everything finds its meaning in him. How God has established the kingdom of Christ and is causing it to grow. We don't know why things happen as they do. But we must believe that God knows what he is doing. And we need to trust God's knowledge of all these events and believe that Jesus is working it all out. This is the bottom line for the Apostle Paul when he responds to the mysteries of God's election. In Romans 11, 33-34, he, he writes, Oh, the depths of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God! How unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out! Who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has been his counsellor? And this is where we need to leave our questions as well, through faith in Jesus. Job, he came to see that God had all knowledge. He also came to see, secondly, that God was sovereign. The fact of God's sovereignty was not in dispute between Job and his friends. They recognized that they, um, they told each other of God's great acts. They all believed he was majestic and all-powerful. Whatever the reason for Job's troubles, they all agreed that it wasn't that God had lost control. God was sovereign. The problem for Job, though, was one of application. He couldn't connect this with his situation. He couldn't accept this in his circumstances. And this is what lies behind God's question in chapter 40, verse 2. Will the one who contends with the Almighty correct him? Let him who accuses God answer him. Job had questioned God's providence and his purpose in his life. God now questions Job's questioning. Job had whined, put yourself in my place. And God thundered back, no, you put yourself in my place. Are you contending with me? Are you questioning my plan? Are you accusing the Almighty? And God says the same thing to us. For too often in life we fail to recognize the sovereignty of God. When was the last time you complained that life is not fair? How often do you find yourself questioning why you are in the situation you are in? Or grumbling that others seem so much better off than you? Maybe not out loud. But let's be honest. We think it, don't we? How often do we let our minds be consumed by it? And God's response to us is the same as his response to Job. God thundered back, No, you put yourself in my place. Are you contending with me? Are you questioning my plan? Are you accusing the Almighty? We must accept God's providence in our lives. 
we must accept that God is in control of our particular circumstances and situation. Our life is in his hands. He controls all that goes on, and he knows what he is doing. We need to believe this and live with faith in a sovereign God. Living by faith means trusting in God even though we don't know the full story. God doesn't give us all the facts. God didn't tell Job everything even after he had restored all his health and wealth. Even then, he had to continue to live by faith. And that is true for us as well. God does not owe us an explanation as to why things are the way they are. We need to accept that and trust in him. Faith in God's sovereignty also means that we believe that God will work out everything in the end. God has a plan and a purpose, and all that happens in our lives is a part of that plan. The story of Joseph, separated from his family, sold into slavery, thrown unjustly into jail, is a good example that God works out everything for his good purpose in the long term. The Apostle Paul tells us this in Romans 8 verse 28. All things work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So Job accepted that God is all-knowing and he came to accept that God was sovereign over the circumstances of his life. And he also came to accept, thirdly, God's justice. Job had questioned God's justice. In fact, he had made some strong statements about God's justice in the world. In Job 9 verse 16, Job says, If I called and he answered me, I could not believe that he was listening to my voice. And again in verse 24 of the same chapter, The earth is given into the hand of the wicked. He covers the face of its judges. If it is not he... Then who is it? Job was angry with God over God's treatment of him. If only I could get hold of God, he said. But now God questions Job. He does this in chapter 40, verse 8 to 14, in a series of blistering questions and statements. Job is called on the carpet to answer to God. God accuses Job of discrediting his justice. He objects to the way God has condemned, sorry, he objects to the way Job has condemned God in order to justify himself. God then points out that in order to be a judge, you need both authority and power. You need to be in a position to decide what is right, and you need the ability to enforce those decisions. And God can do both of these but Job can do neither. And brothers and sisters, we can do neither. Job questioned God's justice. Do we question God's justice? Have you questioned God's justice and how he deals with situations that happen in this world or even situations in your families? 
And just as Job needed to accept that God was just, so we too need to believe this as an article of faith, as this is what the scripture teaches us about God. The judge of all the earth will do what is right. God is a righteous and holy God. And God the Father has entrusted all, judgments, all judgment to his Son. And one day the Lord Jesus will come a second time and he will balance the scales of justice. He will reward each person according to their faith in him and according to what they have done. And then we will see both the justice and the mercy of God. Justice to those who have refused to believe in the Lord Jesus and who have persisted in lives of unbelief and independence. And mercy and grace to those who have humbled themselves, repented from sin, and turned to the Lord in faith. The Lord answers the questions of Job with questions of his own. And through these questions, he wants to teach Job more about himself, more about his wisdom, more about his control over all, of, all events, his just rule over the world. He wants to teach Job to trust him, even when things are confused and dark and difficult. And God wants to teach you and me the same lessons. He wants us to put our faith in a God who is all-knowing, all-powerful, all-just. He wants us to submit to his providence in our life, to yield ourselves to his will, to live with patience and faith and trust in a God who has all things in his hands and who will work out all things according to, to his good purpose. Amen.